throw it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Oh, my goodness. Good day, tokers and tokats and non-token lovers of liberty. It is Friday, May 20th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Sorry I'm late, everybody, but I literally just ran in from the White House. Uh, We were in front of the White House on H Street, uh, the 520 protest is going down right now. The D.C. cannabis campaign was down there. Adam Eidinger, uh, Dana Beal came down from New York. I ran into Chris Goldstein and N.A. Poe from Philly. Lots of national activists down there. I even got a chance to talk uh, in front of the gathered crowd uh, in front of the White House. It's been a hectic day today. Originally, this was planned to be a die-in on Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House gates uh, with the plan on people getting arrested and everything. The idea being uh, a protest on 520, which is Harry J. Anslinger's birthday. It's the 142nd anniversary of Harry J. Anslinger's birthday. And uh, the Weed for Warriors project was out there as well. Uh, They were with uh, their protest signs showing that, you know, we've got 22 veterans a day who are committing suicide. uh, And that's 22 too many. And uh, it's probably an undercount uh, because I don't believe that Florida and Texas and California are in that count. We got interviews with a lot of people down there at the event. And I, like I said, I just came in. So I'm I'm still kind of even unpacking them from the recorder. So it's going to be a little bit raw. We'll get through it as best we can. Also coming up on today's show, very important show. For those of you looking for legalization in the golden state of California, we've got Mickey Norris and Lauren Vazquez joining us, uh, both of them representing the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. We're going to do two segments with them starting at half past to... uh, give their take on why we need to support the Adult Use of Marijuana Act in California, why it's so crucial. So that's coming up uh, on the show as well. In hour two, I'll bring you more of that uh, uh, protest and my speech from the protest as soon as I can get it unpacked. But uh, right now we're going to take a break because <laughs> I got to catch my breath and uh, we've got to get some of these uh, files unpacked. But coming up next, we've got the Cannabis Radio News. In the headlines today, we're going to take you to Washington, D.C see where our veterans got some measure of protection and help from the uh, from the uh, Congress today. In Rhode Island, they've added PTSD to their medical marijuana. There's another ruling in Michigan on their dispensaries. In Canada, in Toronto, they're looking at shutting down some dispensaries. We've got a case of an IRS agent getting busted for a pot bribe in Seattle. We've got a bad prison guard in montana smuggling meth and marijuana and we go to florida where politifact rates the anti-measure two ads this is the russ belleville show on cannabisradio.com how high do you like your profit margin Cannabisradio.com 
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Hello and welcome all you high-flying, die-trying, roll a Philly blunt for your friend hempsters, every roach-smoking, bong-token, however you get your THC can enthusiasts, all you rebels, individualistic originals, and outside-the-box ganja warriors, you chunky monkey, cherry Garcia, munchy-loving hempsters, all you captive earth surfers, astral travelers, and ganja-loving canosaurs, all you high-flying, wide-smiling, ganja-rific cannabophiles, welcome to everyone except Except Donald Trump supporters, because that's how I really feel. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, May twentieth, two 2016. Washington, D.C., The U.S. Senate has approved an appropriations bill, 89 to 8, that includes a provision to allow Veterans Administration doctors to recommend medical marijuana in the states that have approved it. The Senate's action follows yesterday's vote by the House approving the Blumenauer Amendment to remove the gag order on VA doctors when it comes to medical marijuana recommendations. However, the spending bill risks a veto from President Obama, who has said it would reject it if it came with ideological riders. The bill also contains funding for fighting the Zika virus, relaxed rules for commercial drivers covered by the Department of Transportation, and restrictions on how the administration can deal with the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. Providence, Rhode Island. The Rhode Island Senate has passed a bill that would approve the use of marijuana to treat post-traumatic stress. The legislation passed by a 36-0 vote on Thursday. Senate Senator Stephen Archambault, a Smithfield Democrat, introduced the bill that would make PTSD another one of the debilitating medical conditions that qualify an adult patient to use medical marijuana. Several states have passed or are considering similar measures aimed at helping military veterans struggling to manage anxiety, insomnia, and other ailments. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs doesn't allow doctors to prescribe marijuana, citing the lack of research about whether it's effective in treating PTSD. The legislation now moves to the House of Representatives. Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
Another appeals court ruling in Michigan has affirmed that medical marijuana dispensaries are illegal under state law. Under the ruling, it appears that the only way that medical marijuana patients can get their medicine is by either growing it themselves or getting it from an approved caregiver who can serve no more than five patients. The case involved two West Michigan men who operate a dispensary who say they will take their case to the Michigan Supreme Court. Toronto, Canada. Landlords of medical marijuana dispensaries in Toronto are being given three days to shut down or face stiff fines. There are at least 75 dispensaries operating in Toronto, and as of Wednesday, police had delivered warnings to 20 of them. Some dispensary owners are disputing the city's authority to have them shuttered, noting that the Charter of Rights and Freedoms should protect them for the delivery of cannabis to medical users. Seattle, Washington. A former Seattle IRS agent convicted of taking a $20,000 pot bribe from a medical marijuana dispensary owner has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison. Federal prosecutors said that after Paul G. Hurley audited Have a Heart Compassion Care in Seattle last year, he told its owner, Ryan Kunkel, that he had saved him $1 million and then rubbed his fingers together. Kunkel agreed to pay him $20,000, but then went to authorities, who arrested the agent in a sting operation last September. In February, a jury convicted Hurley of receiving a bribe. U.S. District Judge John C. Conower sentenced him on Friday. The U.S. Attorney's Office sought a seven-year prison term. In a sentencing memo, prosecutors called Hurley's actions, quote, an affront to the United States, the IRS, and all law-abiding taxpayers, end quote. Hurley's attorneys sought a one-year term. Helena, Montana. A Montana state prison guard has been accused of smuggling methamphetamine and marijuana into the prison in exchange for cash. A federal grand jury indicted Martin Reap on conspiracy, drug possession, drug distribution, and bribery charges earlier this month. The case against him was unsealed on Thursday. The indictment alleges that Reap conspired with unnamed inmates to smuggle the drugs into the Deer Lodge prison for distribution to other inmates between February 2015 and last month. In return, Reap allegedly received more than $5,000 from others who participated in the drug smuggling conspiracy. Orlando, Florida. Opponents of Florida's Amendment 2, the ballot measure for medical marijuana legalization, have released an attack ad that PolitiFact has rated as half true. In the ad, no on Amendment 2 forces claim that the initiative will create, quote, almost 2,000 pot shops in Florida, more pot shops than Walmart and Walgreens combined, end quote, and imply that the Florida medical marijuana program would end up like California's loosely regulated system. The estimate comes from the analysis provided by the Department of Health in 2015. They estimate Florida would have over 440,000 qualifying patients and 1,993 dispensaries. While that's far more than Walmarts and Walgreens in Florida combined, the estimate is highly exaggerated. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, May 20th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Normal stands for Responsible Adult Cannabis Use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. 
Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks are far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I do not like them, Sam. I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. begins with ACT. The Russ Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Today in the activist agenda, we take you to true activism happening just an hour ago right in front of the White House. My raw audio from the protest taking place right now. I gotta get a, I gotta get a selfie. You got the roof. I gotta get a selfie with my favorite two uh, pot smoker criminals. That makes oh, me yeah. feel good. Uh... Reunited. Yo, Paul. Well, like while we're here, <coughs> Portland, Tom, I guess. I kind of live on the road now. You like it? Uh, yeah, it's all right. <coughs> I'm getting a lot of stuff for the show. Sure. Uh, next week I'm in. Uh, in uh, where am I next week? Legal, Legal seminar go to. I have a pretty busy summer, so I'll try to gear up and like get it together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about it? Sure. Hey everyone, Radical Russ here in front of the White House, or at least as close as we can get. There has been kind of a shooting incident, and they've closed off Lafayette Park and Pennsylvania Avenue. But we're here with the uh, D.C. Cannabis Campaign. They're having the Harry J. Anslinger 520 protest, and uh, noting the fact that uh, we have an epidemic of veteran suicides. Lots of great activists here. I see Dana Beal. Chris Goldstein is passing me a joint. And right here we've got N.A. Poe. How you doing, Poe? I'm doing good, Russ. It's nice to be down here in D.C. Uh, in the land of legal weed, our, our nation's capital. Yeah, it is. How are things going for you? I know that uh, you had all those protest situations. Are you off probation? Is everything cool now? Yeah, everything's cool. I've had about a year and a half of getting used to marijuana again. Chris Goldstein is trying to get used to it. It was funny. When he, fir- when he first got high again, he was just sitting in a chair like this. <laughs> I, the first, all right, I'll tell you what. The, the first joint I smoked, I laughed for an hour straight. I mean, it really was like a whole hour laughing at what we had done, honestly. You know what I mean? 
the absurdity that the National Park Service actually has green riot gear. It always gets me every single time. And we have a lot of cannabis freedom in Philly now, and that's great. And it was great to link up with DCMJ down here because they're taking the fight to the belly of the beast here. And, and that's great. And you have legal weed in the nation's capital. There's That's a good enough reason to very least to schedule marijuana. And, you know, being able to get on the highway two hours, smoke a couple joints, come here, meet up with national activists, trying to make a national impact to change our country for the better. I'm proud to be a part of it. And there's a lot of great people here today, Ralph. You know, this uh, this event here, this 520 celebration, this follows uh, previous protests that the DCMJ have done here, the, the famous 51-foot joint. Yeah, it was great. They got a meeting with somebody at the White House. Uh, do you know much about that or how that turned out? Well, I heard that they didn't get the level of meeting that they want, which is also part of the reason that they're here. But I just love we live in a country now where direct action concerning cannabis has no repercussions. For us, when I came down here and smoked a bone in front of the White House, I knew the war was over. I just, we have to figure out how we're going to glide on home. And, you know, I think that by getting together... Yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky. Oh, that sound means that it's 20 after, and that means it's uh, 420 in the mountain time zone. We'll be back with N.A. Poe and Chris Goldstein, two of my heroes who got arrested for smoking a joint at the Liberty Bell, of all things. Plus, my speech will be coming up sometime in that as well. I don't know if we'll get to it in the first hour or the second hour. And at the uh, half past, we got Chris, oh, we got uh, Mickey Norris and Warren Vasquez on the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You're going to be a great granddad. Pretty cool. Morgan is Ray Dawn's son. Uh, Morgan and his wife, Tracy, they've been trying to have a baby for quite some time. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to Morgan? What? Do you know who the father is? <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay, maybe you're high, too. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. Activism begins with ACT. 
The Rush Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. All right, we return to the front of Lafayette Park off of H Street here in Washington, D.C. There was a shooting incident today near the White House, so the Secret Service have Pennsylvania Avenue and Lafayette Park completely blocked off, but we did manage to have a protest on H Street. It's still going on right now. Uh, They're doing a die-in. They started at 6 o'clock, and they've got people lying on the sidewalks uh, feigning death. Uh, for 22 minutes to signify the 22 veterans who commit suicide every day in this country. Uh, I ran into lots of great activists there. My good friend Chris Goldstein was there and his compatriot N.A. Poe. They both made their way in from Philly. We were talking to N.A. when we got interrupted for our 20 after break. Let's go back to N.A. Poe in Washington, D.C which is also part of the reason that they're here. But I just love we live in a country now where direct action concerning cannabis has no repercussions. For us, when I came down here and smoked a bone in front of the White House, I knew the war was over. I just, we have to figure out how we're going to glide on home. And, you know, I think that by getting together here at the nation's capital with the kind of activists that we have here, it's making a message. And look, it's leading to things. A couple joints outside the White House, next thing you know, you're taking pictures inside of it. So I'm excited to see where this leads, and I hope that we can get it wrapped up before Obama gets out of office, because who the hell knows what's going to happen after that? We might all be in FEMA camps, Ross. (laughs) You never know. Uh, There are... Marijuana flags, uh, you know, U.S. flags with the pot leaves kind of on them. The black and green and white are showing. Uh, the DCMJ are here in their caps. We've got, I don't know, four or five joints that are being passed around right now. Some media that are starting to pay attention. I see a couple of guys uh, taking out uh, recorders and getting some interview topics here. So lots happening here with N.A. Poe and Chris Goldstein here at the... Uh, 520 protest. Harry J. Anslinger's look at, birthday. Look at those snipers there, Russ. Yeah, I was looking at the snipers up on the right house roof. White House roof. Those guys are ready to go. Hi, snipers. Hi, snipers. I got shot at by snipers in Iraq. For, I did five tours in Iraq with the State Department. My name is Gabriel Chordo. I'm an attorney, and I was sent over to Iraq at 40 years old with three weeks of training at the Foreign Service Institute and embedded with a combat battalion, the 4th Infantry at Fob Falcon in Baghdad Province. After four months of visiting four courts in Baghdad, I was summoned to the embassy to Ambassador Crocker's office to brief him on the state of the civil court system in Iraq. I'd seen four courts, and I was the expert in civil law in Iraq, and I knew then that we were doomed. So I, subsequent to that, did four more tours. I was the deputy director of the legislative office of the embassy. And then I was the counselor to the economic, the, the advisor to the economic minister counselor, very high level, a State Department diplomat for hire. Uh, and then I was working for the Commerce Department direct hire. Uh, after the drawdown, I stayed a year after, and it got increasingly hard to do our jobs and get out of the embassy. Diplomatic security was risk averse to getting us out to do our jobs. We also had been funding the Sunnis, the Sons of Iraq. And we left them high and dry, and that was the creation of ISIS on the ground in Iraq. I saw it happen. I also saw pallets of cash delivered to Iraqi sheikhs so they wouldn't shoot at us for four months. I saw a general build a Ferris wheel in Baghdad. What? Yes. Okay. Hearts and minds. Yeah. Hearts and minds. I, I did a tour getting shot at by snipers. I was hit by an IED, but I'm not a veteran. I was a diplomat for hire. It was called a 3161. I came home, was diagnosed with PTSD, and the government threw me away. 
I've been hospitalized by my family, committed against my will, incarcerated because I use cannabis. And I've been put on conditional discharge in New Jersey because I chose to use my medicine. I got caught with it. Crossing the border from Philadelphia, decriminalized into New Jersey, which is, as you know, illegal. Quite. And I had a joint on me. So they decided, and I had to make, I've had top secret clearances for 15 years. I had to make the choice, do I ruin my career or do I suck it up and take the punishment and get it expunged? That was the choice I've been forced to make and stop using my medicine that saves my life every day for the last two years. This is the condition and the, the situation. They put us in civilian and vets. You know, there's no difference. I've been tortured as much as any vet, but I'm not in the VA system, which is a blessing and a curse, to be quite honest. They're not murdering me, but I have no insurance and I take care of myself. I, you know, I decided to tell, heal myself illegally until they told me stop. And honestly, it saved my life. And I'm here on behalf of veterans because 16 soldiers put themselves between me and a bullet every day because that was their duty. I was their package. And I'm alive because of it, and I owe my life to them because of it. And I will fight to my dying breath to pay them back. So this is what this protest is all about, is the the fact that our... I mean, we just recently had the House and the Senate vote for the Luminar Amendment to allow doctors to recommend That's a huge step in the right direction. Huge. But that's half the country. What about the other half? Right. What about the vets? It's a national issue. we got to address this nationally. That's why we say deschedule. Rescheduling will put it right in the hands of pharma, big pharma. And it's more pills. We don't. This is a plant that's given to us by God. There is medicine behind it, but ultimately, when I smoke a joint, I feel better. Easy as that. Yeah. Doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Right. They want to make it, and okay, I'll take good medicine, but you know, one step at a time. Home grow is what all the vets need, and we deserve it. Stop calling us liars when we tell you this is our medicine. Well put. Do you have any uh, websites or contact you want to tell people about? Uh, Law Office of Gabriel Chorno in Pennsylvania. I'm a Pennsylvania advocate. Proud. Born and raised in Pennsylvania. We got the law passed there. It's on the national descheduling. But, you know, I'm hoping that cannabis saves my career like it saves my life. I'm betting on it. And you want to come talk to me? I'm here. Spell your last name for the people looking you up. C-H-O-R-N-O. Excuse my voice a little hoarse. No I smoke we, we a lot. <laughs> All right. Thank you for everything you've done Thanks, and for standing thank up you. for the veterans. We thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. Like I say, the protest is going on here at the... Uh, at the, the security... Well, the security will not. The security zone will not dampen our protest today. No matter no matter what happens in a security situation, protests must go on in Washington D.C. So I, I saw you. So that's uh, Chris Goldstein joining me there on the microphone. He was there as well. He is there. They're still down there. Uh, N.A. Poe, we spoke to him earlier, and thanks to the, uh, Mr. Cherno there for the uh, his testimony about being in Iraq. Oh, my goodness. Hey, stay tuned. Our very, very important interview is coming up next. Mickey Norris and Lauren Vasquez will be talking to them about the Adult Use of Marijuana Act and debunking some of the scaremongering when we return. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. 
Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. It's time for Cannabis Facts About Alzheimer's from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp, Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. A new Florida study in the journal Molecular and Cellular Neuroscience found that cannabis promotes the growth of healthy new brain tissue. It can slow the effects of Alzheimer's and may, in fact, be able to halt it entirely. A long-term study by Ohio State University's professor Gary Wink concludes that people who regularly use marijuana get Alzheimer's at a much lower rate than others. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Today in the Cannabis Community Chat, we're scheduled to speak with Lauren Vazquez, my fired-up lawyer, and Mickey Norris, who's a longtime California activist, both of them involved with the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. You can find out more about that at letsgetitrightca.org. But as I keep dialing out to them, the number just keeps coming back and saying it's busy. So I've sent them our studio call-in number, and hopefully they'll get on the line and be able to talk to us soon. In the meantime, we'll take you back to Washington, D.C., just an hour ago in front of the White House as the D.C. cannabis campaign stood out front protesting for President Obama to deschedule marijuana and to demonstrate the fact that 22 of our veterans are committing suicide every day. The Weed for Warriors project was out there as well, and the folks behind POW 420 were there, as was Ann Armstrong from the Healing Church. It was good to see Reverend Ann. So lots to get to, uh, and I can't exactly tell you where we're at in this because we're doing this all live, raw audio. I literally ran off the street to come do the show. But I do believe we're going to speak with um, one of the protesters and then Adam Eidinger. Then you'll hear uh, Dana Beal give his speech and then my speech coming up right now. You're speaking to somebody recording you, is that a student or? Uh, no, she's a local reporter. I actually didn't catch her outlet. Uh, she said, I, I think it's like the city paper down here. So we've been, um, they had a, an article out today as well. But yeah, I mean, that's what's cool about being out here. I mean, we did the same thing in Philly. It's like, 
Why not? It's great to see the local D.C. activists take on national reform because, quite frankly, that is, as you know, I mean, that's like the dearth of activism in this country. Nobody's focused on changing federal law. These Congress, members of Congress get off easy. We come at them maybe once or twice a year, you know, whereas the state and local legislators get it like every stinking day, you know. It's hilarious, really, in a way. Great protest. Let's see if we can get some more voices for us uh, to talk to. Anybody want to talk to us about the, uh, the protest? Radical Russ, I'm here because I'm Brandon Wyatt, and this is We for Warriors. Brandon, so good to meet you. Very nice to meet you, sir. Corresponded online, never had a chance to meet you in person. Awesome, awesome. Well, it was great to meet you, too. I mean, we're out here today because we have to take a stand. We had great, great progress yesterday with the passage of the VA uh, appropriations bill. However, we have to realize that that bill, once again, on the face, is discriminatory. I'll never treat a veteran different. We're not going to treat veterans across the state differently. We didn't fight for state to state. We fought for the whole country. So to say that the states that don't have medical marijuana uh, should be treated differently for the states that do is wrong. Now, what we have here is an academic question. We asked the federal government, we asked the president, who's the only one can resolve this issue. As an attorney, I feel pretty keen on saying it. How do we resolve a conflict between the federal government and the states? Well, that's clearly written in the Constitution that federal government trumps. But we don't want to force the states to do anything. We want to make sure that the federal government can take care of this workforce that created this injury in. So by decriminalizing marijuana on a federal level, it allows states to dictate how they run their medical program, but the VA can do its job and make sure that we're taken care of. Now, hopefully that leads the way to the charge for all disabled people. That's the ultimate goal. All disabled people should not be treated differently or unfairly because they consume cannabis to save their life or to help with their treatment. But that's the case right now. So we're out here fighting and representing our country once again and never leaving the troop behind. 22 a day is way too many. Yeah, and of course, we, we hear that statistic a lot, 22 per day, and I think it's an undercount because we don't have uh, any stats from, they don't count California and Florida and Texas, I think, in those stats. California, Florida, and Texas. Doesn't that sound like the super delegation? So they don't want to tell us how many of me died there. No, that's wrong. So uh, the uh, hashtag here is deschedule420 and hashtag Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S 520. That's the uh, anniversary of the birth, 124th anniversary of the birth of Harry J. Anslinger. That is his birthday, and uh, we will not show any disrespect to him on this day, but we must make sure we use every opportunity to realize where bad policy exists and where we should be progressing as a country. All right. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Because we're protesting almost 80 years of racist laws against marijuana. And it's a serious thing to call something racist. I know that. And it's even more serious if you're a white guy saying it. But here we are in front of the White House after an emergency, and we're still going to speak out regardless of what happened during that emergency today because that's what we have to do. Life goes on. Democracy goes on. And the protest has to go on. I'm sorry. People are here. So we mean no disrespect to the stressful day that the officers have had today. And uh, we've noticed that there's quite a buffer between us right now. And it's going to stay that way. Uh, the organizers of this protest have decided that rather than force an arrestable situation on top of a very stressful day for the Secret Service and the police in this area, that we're not going to lay in the street in front of the gate of the White House today we are going to lay right here on the sidewalk. And we're going to do that at 6 o'clock. Between now and then, we're going to have speakers. And uh, 
we're going to talk about what this protest is all, all why we're here really. But we are going to do a die-in, and we're going to do it for 22 minutes here on the sidewalk. But we, we most likely won't be arrested, although you could be, depends on the mood of the police. But I don't think they want to make arrests right now. And we're saying we're not going to go and lay down on the front gates of the White House like we promised. We're saying instead, we recognize what happened today was really stressful, and we don't have to pile onto that. And we want you to take this as sort of an olive branch back to the president that we're not trying to make your life miserable. We're just desperate. We're, people are desperate for these laws to change. I just, I've been hearing stories from states where marijuana is still not legal in some form, and it's a nightmare what's happening to people on a regular basis. People are increasingly seeking out cannabis, and they're using it for medicinal purposes, and they're getting a lot of benefits, and then they become persecuted by their government. And it's got to stop. AIDS patients are being persecuted. People with PTSD are being persecuted. Millions of people went to jail since you went to the White House, President Obama. President Obama. Five million people have gone to jail since you were in the White House. Can we say it, everybody? Repeat after me. Five million people. Five million people. Have gone to jail. Have gone to jail. For marijuana. For marijuana. Mostly for possession. Mostly for possession. Since you became president. Since you became president. It is unacceptable. It is unacceptable. To the vast majority of Americans. To the vast majority of Americans. And we stand here today. And we stand here today. To call on you for the hundredth time. To call on you for the hundredth time. Legalize marijuana. Alright, thank you. I'm going to introduce Dana Beal, who's standing to my right. He's going to speak, and then we're going to have a number of speakers after that, and we'll continue to die in. Hi. Uh, my name is Dana Beal, and uh, we've been doing uh, smoke-ins in this location for about 46 years. The first one was when Richard Nixon called the hard hat legions to come down and beat up the hippies. You remember, there were some hard hats. They called them Reagan Democrats later. And they decided to beat up the anti-war protesters down on Wall Street. It was a lot like Donald Trump's play today. Which is, if you disagree with these people, they just may beat you up. But we called their bluff. Me and A.J. Weberman brought, I think, about two and a half pounds of pot pre-rolled into joints in cigarette cartons down to the Washington Monument. And when we okay. broke them out, it seemed like there was no way to But all of a sudden, there was a huge crowd when we broke out the pot. Then the word came that they were arresting people down by the reflecting pool. So we headed down to the reflecting pool, and there was a line of cops blocking on either side of the reflecting pool. And at the bottom of the Lincoln 
memorial, there was Billy Graham and Reverend McIntyre and some pro-war people, but there were no hard hats at all. This is a bunch of church people in heavy black clothing in 100 degree weather. And we're all like already in no shirt, pink shorts, and we just hopped into the reflecting pool and bypassed the cops and marched down the reflecting pool saying, one, two, three, four, we don't want your fucking war. Two, four, six, eight, organized to smash the state. And the entire hard hat legion project disappeared like the mirage that it was. And yeah, they tear gassed us. So we came back and they tear gassed us again. And you know, this is in the middle of the anti-war era. People were used to getting tear gassed. So about the third time, there were all these people setting up blankets to sit there and watch the fireworks. This is the 4th of July, Dave. And they had to stop tear gassing people because they would tear gas the tourists. You can't tear gas the tourists, that's bad. So that was the first smoke-in. And I just want to make the point that the pot smokers from the time we went out in the first smoke-in in 1967 and said, we're tired of living in fear. And we're going to manifest. We're going to get a couple hundred people here smoking weed. And let them see if they really want to arrest us if it's not the middle of the night in the traffic stop. And guess what? It's been a protest movement ever since. And by and large, people don't get arrested when they come out. So the gay people did it. The black people did it. And they're trying to convince us that if the pot people do it, somehow it's a bad idea. Well, I want to say that Keystroop and Ethan Nadelman are wrong and that Adam and Dana are right. Smoke-ins are a good idea and they should happen more frequently, not less frequently. I, I was going to say a lot of other things, you know, about the future under Hillary Clinton, which is I guess it'll be, you know, like two degrees more conservative than Obama. That's Dana Beal speaking in front of the White House for the DCMJ protests. They're still taking place in front of a very tense White House. There was a shooting earlier today near the White House, and the Secret Service have blocked off Pennsylvania Avenue and all of Lafayette Park. But when we come back, we've got Lauren and Mickey talking about the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So 
Oh, you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. I hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. But you don't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. At least I do. I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. And if standing for the Constitution make you a wacko bird, then I am a very, very proud wacko bird. Okay, maybe you're high too. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. All right, welcome back, everybody. Time for the radical rant, and usually I'm the one ranting about the need to pass marijuana legalization in California, but today I bring in a tag team to help me out. We've got Lauren Vasquez and Mickey Norris on the line. Lauren, can you hear me okay? We can, yes. Hi, Russ. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have both of you. We also have Chris Conrad in the room. What's that? We also have Chris Conrad in the room. Oh, Chris is... Oh, hi, Chris. So we've got three. Oh, we've got three heavy hitters here for the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Let me start uh, with Lauren. Uh, Lauren, you've been working with this uh, this committee for a while, and uh, it's looking like you've got plenty of signatures to make the ballot. What are some of the hurdles that still stand in the way? Well, we just got to get our signatures counted. That's the real issue right now as far as getting on the ballot. The state is doing uh, the validity check. And, uh, you know, that's why you bring in far more than the, the minimum required. So they're going through that process for um, a few more weeks, and then they will validate the signatures, and we will be given a ballot initiative title and summary, and uh, we'll have our initiative number, and then we will begin the real work of, of the campaign. Now, some of the basics of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, let me go to uh, Chris Conrad for this. Just give him the thumbnail of you know, what becomes legal, what are we going to be able to do, what's happening when we pass this law. Well, what it does is uh, a series of different things. It protects our current medical marijuana laws. It legalizes adult 
possession, transportation, and sharing of one ounce of bud or eight ounces of concentrate and six plants per household, for adults over 21, that is. And the other thing it does is it creates a regulatory system uh, with a tax base that then the taxes are directed to do specific things like cleaning the environment and uh, uh, helping out communities that have been harmed by the drug war, et cetera. Uh, it retains, it's not a repeal law, it's a uh, legalization law. And so it downgrades some the remaining criminal penalties, but it doesn't completely eliminate them. And, uh, and then it restores industrial hemp. So uh, let me take this to Mickey now because, you know, Chris just mentioned that it, it protects the current medical law. But what I read online from people that are just terrified of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, they seem to believe that it's going to decimate Prop 215. Can you address the how uh, adult use works with uh, Prop 215? Well, it doesn't really address medical except that it protects it in various places in the initiative. It says that, um, it, it, it says that, that uh, specifically that it does not impact laws pertaining to Prop 215 in various sections of the initiative. But it does expand some of the rights of medical marijuana in terms of being able to protect patients who have children against CPS intrusions or uh, in family court custody battles. And it, um, it allows patients to be exempt from sales taxes on, on it if they go to, to a store and buy it. And, um, and it gives us all a, 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 the adult rights. So wh- whoever's being protected under, under adult use is going to be protected under, under medical use as well, except that medical marijuana patients still retain their, their rights to, uh, under Prop 215, which enables them to to uh, grow a reasonable amount associated with their need, at least in terms of their defense in court, because the medical is just a limited immunity defense. It's not really a, a legalization of medical use, whereas the Adult Use of Marijuana Act is a legal uh, legalization in terms that it, it makes some things absolutely legal, no criminal penalties whatsoever. And, and if I could just add in there, Russ, a lot of that uh, that you're catching the feedback about people who are afraid of it is because they don't know what the current laws are. Uh, they think that we have these uh, rights to do a lot of different things under SB 420, the collective defense, but the legislature ended that collective defense. And so as of the next couple of years, all these rights that people are afraid they're going to lose they're going to go away, and what we're going to have instead is either a system where you're either licensed or you're a felon, or else ALMA, which extends a lot of protections that uh, otherwise they won't have. So uh, that fear is completely misplaced. Well, I think uh, what some people on the West Coast, though, would point to, uh, just to play devil's advocate here, is in 2012, Washington's I-502 campaign said it's not going to affect medical at all. Next thing they know, they lost most of their dispensaries and their possession limits got cut. In Oregon, in Measure 91, we wrote three times not to affect the Oregon Medical Marijuana Program. Next thing we know, they're changing our plant limits and in a lot of the other respects of the medical program. So I think there's people in California that look at the past two election cycles on the West Coast and heard promises it won't change medical, but our fear, still have the fear that it will. Well, uh, this is Lauren here. On, on that issue, in California, we have uh, constitutional protection. If voters pass an initiative, that initiative can only be changed by voters unless it says otherwise. 
Prop 215 doesn't say otherwise, and the legislature is not allowed to amend it. And we have many court cases uh, explicitly stating this when uh, the state uh, proclaims that we can have eight ounces and that was the limit. The court said no. That's a guideline. You can have more because Prop 215 says you can. And so uh, up to this point, Prop 215 has not been amended by the legislature. And ALMA, as a ballot initiative, explicitly declares that it in no way amends Prop 215 as well. And it prohibits the legislature from doing further so explicitly as well. So there is no way that Prop 215 and the details of that can be changed. One issue, though, is that there's not much detail in Prop 215, and a lot came afterwards in Senate Bill 420 and the collective system. And this is what is changing, but that was changed by the MMRSA, the new Medical Marijuana Regulation Safety Act. AMA really is just addressing adult non-medical use, and so the only address uh, addressing of patients is to say that the law cannot be changed to grant parental rights to patients, to grant tax exemption for patients, and to uh, cap the medical marijuana patient ID card fee at $100. Mm. Uh, and in any other way, it does not affect uh, me- medical use of, of marijuana. Except it also does expand it in terms of if a local city or county has a complete ban on personal cultivation, AMA does not... Uh, it overturns that. In fact, it makes it so that they, the cities and counties cannot have a complete ban, that people will be able to, at minimum, cultivate six plants in their enclosed indoors or in an enclosed space like a, like a greenhouse. And if a, if a county or a city allows outdoor cultivation, then they'll be able to do that as well. Currently, cities and counties can completely ban it, and so patients are left with nothing. This will give them something. Hmm. So, and, and I think that the, the main difference in between what happened in Washington and here is that Washington did not have a regulated system in place. Here in California, last year the legislature created a regulated system, uh, and that's protected as well as the proposition rights and so forth. So uh, I think we're avoiding one of the hurdles that hit Washington by believe this is how much constructed to avoid that specific problem. Hmm. Say that much. So is, is this a, a situation then where some of the people that are worried about these changes in medical are misplacing their their rage that really it's MMRSA that's making these changes, not ALMA. Yeah, not only that, but a lot of these people don't know what their rights are under medical. All the medical marijuana laws in California do is give you a defense once you've been arrested and taken to court. Uh, it doesn't give people the rights. ALMA gives people the right to cultivate, uh, and it creates the privilege of uh, selling it in the non-medical market as well. Uh, currently, under MRSA, you couldn't get a license under the Medical Marijuana uh, Regulation and Safety Act, um, and so this is going to extend that you don't have to be part of that program. It's going to be saving, actually, uh, a lot of problems because it gets away to, it gets rid of the uh, requirement that you have to use distributor, which people think is going to jack up the price of medical marijuana under MRSA, and it also creates micro-business licenses where people can get, uh, instead of having to get separate licenses and not being able to work on multiple levels at once, there's one license that will let you go from production, processing, uh, wholesale, retail, and distribution, and on-site consumption, all with one license. Uh, that doesn't exist under MRSA, but it will exist under ALMA. Hmm. 
So uh, would it be fair to say that the current patient who's got a recommendation that's allowing him to grow 99 plants and possess a pound is still going to be able to have 99 plants and possess a pound, and the patients in some place like Fresno who can't grow at all will now be able to grow? Um, well... 99 plants is not actually uh, a factor in California law. That's one of the areas of confusion. Uh, patients can have what they need. Uh, that's probably not going to be 99 plants, but if it's more than six as allowed in AMA, then they're allowed to have that many. Uh, the 99 plant thing uh, has caused a lot of confusion and has been kind of an issue that's caused some exploitation of both growers and patients uh, and, and a source of a lot of the confusion. So, uh, under SB 420, you can grow what other patients need. If they need five plants, that's five. If it's 20, that's 20. Okay. But there is no outright 99 plants allowed for patient or, right. or for collective member. Right, let me, I think it let me, let me, so hold on, guys, just a second. We're coming up We're coming up against the end of the hour. We're going to take you into the next hour, so stay on hold. We'll be right back with Mickey and Chris and Lauren. I'm Radical Russ for Cannabis Radio. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you manage, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke You take a seed, you manage, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can toke. I inhale. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Potland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. Welcome back, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty to this ignominious day, May 20th, the 142nd anniversary of the birth of Harry J. Anslinger. That's right, it's Anslinger's birthday, and uh, in recognition of Harry J. Anslinger's birthday, the DCMJ, the DC Marijuana People, 
uh, the Cannabis Coalition out there, are protesting in front of the White House. Uh, they're there with the Weed for Warriors Project, with uh, POW420, with uh, the Healing Church out of Rhode Island. They're all there right now in front of the White House, at least as close as they can get, because earlier today there was a shooting in front of the White House, or not in front, but the other side, I guess, the back of the White House. But there was a shooting. Uh, and so Secret Service you know, shut the place down. They closed off Pennsylvania Avenue. They roped off Lafayette Park. They had snipers on the roof of the White House. They had guys with fully automatic weapons roaming around. It was a pretty tense situation. Chris Goldstein, N.A. Poe were both down there, Adam Eidinger, Dana Beal. We got a lot of audio with those folks down there at the event. And in the second half hour here, I'm going to play some more of that because uh, Adam Eidinger was kind enough to hand me a microphone. You know what happens when I get a microphone in front of a crowd. So we'll play that speech for you. Following that speech, I was interviewed by a reporter from Russia Today, the RT network. Uh, I told her all about uh, Barack Obama's Choom habits back when he was a teenager. So we'll get to all of that. That's all coming up in uh, uh, the second half hour. But staying on the line with me so kindly, we have got a trio of three of the best experts on California marijuana reform. Lauren Vasquez is on the line. She's the Fired Up Lawyer at Fired Up Lawyer on Twitter. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hello, Russ. Glad to have you back. We've got uh, Chris Conrad as well, certified court expert on cannabis and author of far too many books for me to recall right now. Hi, Chris. Hi, there. Let's just mention the Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry, my new book with Jeremy Dawn. It just came out about a month ago. That's right, the Newbie's Guide. I wanted to mention that, and I couldn't remember what the title was. Okay, the Newbie's Guide. Check that out. And then, of course, Mickey Norris, longtime freedom fighter and also author of numerous books. Hi, Mickey. Hi, Russ. Thanks for having us on your show. Oh, so glad to have you here because there's a lot of misconceptions about the Adult Use of Marijuana Act and, you know, the urgency of passing it. One of the things I've run run into online, well, for one, there's there seems to be this weird hatred of billionaires who want to give us money to legalize. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, you know, somebody wants to give me a million dollars to legalize Idaho, I'll take it and run, I'll tell you. So Sean Parker donated a million dollars, and there's this kind of conspiracy thinking that it's somehow a way of sewing up the marijuana market, that it's going to be monopolized, it's all going to be these big players, it's going to kick the little guy out of the business. Chris, give us a rundown on what you think uh, of those kind of thoughts and, and how the business might turn out after Alma passes. I think that people who propagate that notion actually tend to be people who are part of the existing medical marijuana monopoly and that they're afraid of the competition because under uh, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, it creates a uh, multi-tiered licensing system that will actually uh, allow people more easily to enter the system than they have been up to date. And so it's going to create a lot of competition from some of those people who speak negatively of it right now. But let's just look at one thing in particular, the creation of the micro-business license. This is a license that will uh, allow uh, a person to, with one license, they will be able to be producers, processors, distributors, wholesalers, retailers, and allow on-site consumption at their location. Uh, under the medical marijuana laws, that would be a whole group of different businesses, each owning their own piece of it. Hmm. And so uh, then that ensures that the people who are already in there uh, will be able to control the, the system as it exists now. The Adult Use of Marijuana Act is going to add additional uh, restrictions against um, the monopolistic tendencies of the market. It gives a uh, benefit to people who are already in the market that they are start off with an advantage, and it uh, keeps out-of-state people from getting licenses for, I believe, two or three years, and then big licenses are not going to be issued for five years. So this is really designed 
is that, you know, you can't save the way the economy is changing the marijuana marketplace. That, you know, we can't stop those from going forward. But what this is doing is giving people at least a five-year buffer to get established uh, for people who are already in the market or who are interested, Californians who are interested. Uh, and the other thing that's really important is that it, it makes it so that having a prior marijuana offense is not going to stop you from getting a license. So it's really very, very good for these people. Uh, it, I mean, for people who are interested in getting into the marijuana business, it's not as good for people who have an entrenched monopoly in some locality and they want to hold on to that. Mm, well put. Um, Lauren, you're uh, the lawyer on the team, and as someone who has to deal with folks that run against these criminal prohibitions, I wanted to run this by you because there's some there's some sentiment out there where people say, you know, uh, this isn't good enough. You know, we've got Prop 215. Prop 215 takes care of us. We're fine. We've got places to shop. The cops aren't bothering us. Why rush into 2016 with this Adult Use of Marijuana Act? It's only an ounce. It's only six plants. Why not wait till 2018 and get something better? Well, aside from political strategy issues with running an off-year election initiative, um, there's people who are being targeted who can't afford to wait. I get a lot of calls every week from young people, mostly young men of color, Hispanic males in their early 20s, who, who get stopped and pulled over and harassed by the police and arrested, quite frankly, for no good reason, uh, sometimes for uh, almost outright legal behavior that we would think of as a patient for having five plants at home, uh, for having an ounce of pot on your person. Um, that, that as patients, we think, of course, that's allowed. But uh, when you're the one that gets targeted and the police don't care because it's still their discretion to, to stop you, to search you, to cite you, to arrest you if they want, um, those people can't afford to wait. Uh, and so we got to keep those people from getting harassed, from getting criminal convictions. Um, and so many young people don't know their rights. So uh, even with the protections that they do have, they're... they're not able to to exercise them fully. And so by taking cannabis out of the criminal realm, and it's it's just a product, you're 18, or excuse me, you're 21 and over, you're allowed to have it, uh, and that's just going to eliminate so much of the negative consequences that people are seeing from these criminal prohibitions. And it's completely unrealistic, uh, Russ, in that, say, in 1990, we, uh, Jack Scherer and I and some other people wrote the California Hemp Initiative. It's been waiting for uh, 26 years for that millionaire to come in and give them the money. Last year, we had something like 17 different initiatives filed, and none of them raised enough money. Uh, it wasn't until 96 that we got medical marijuana on the ballot, and then it wasn't until 2010, 14 years later, that Richard Lee put the money in for the um, uh, Proposition 19, and now here we are six years later, this guy's putting the money, this, this organization are putting together the money, and now people say, well, we shouldn't take the money, we should wait for something better, and some of us have been waiting for 30 years, and some people have been waiting for 50 or 60 years, uh, and this, this it's not magic, it takes money to win an election, so uh, the idea that magic money is going to show up has never worked for us up to this moment. Mm. Mickey Norris, uh, your book on shattered lives and the way that the drug war impacted families and victims uh, of this drug war was one of the first books I read. It had a, a huge impact on, on my uh, interpretation of what's going on. Uh, I, I want to find out with Adult Use and Marijuana Act what that does for the POWs. What does it do for the people who are still incarcerated, still on probation, still dealing with the legal ramifications of a pot bust? Well... 
<clears throat> for those facing penalties that that are being downgraded, they'll be subjected to those downgraded penalties. So some people might just get out of jail right away. <clears throat> We're excited that, that people will be able to, um, there's going to be fewer arrests and, and uh, prosecutions as a result. We're hearing from attorneys right, uh, you know, now that said, oh, well, next year maybe I think we need to start thinking about a different profession because the, the clients are not going to be going to court. There's not the people not going to be going to court so much for, for misdemeanors, things that have been downgraded and these penalties. The people who are currently um, in, in jail, there are some retroactive relief relief and they're going to get out if it's re- if it's reduced and people will be able to get their records expunged as well or re- reduced or expunged I should say for to reflect the, the new penalty structures and, and that's one of the best things about Alma is how many um, how many offenses have been downgraded in terms of their penalties many some, some felonies are becoming legal. Some felonies are going to misdemeanors or, or misdemeanors to infractions, infractions to legal. So there's going to be a lot fewer people getting arrested in the first place. We just saw an article in the paper yesterday that was talking about how the opposition by the police and, and prison lobby are getting are starting to organize because they're afraid that they're not going to get the grants and the money from the asset forfeiture that they're currently getting, that the prisons are going to start closing, that they're going to not have enough prisoners. So they're, they're trying to protect their jobs, the people who are against Alma. So we think that it's going to have a significant um, impact on, on how many people are getting arrested, how many people are getting prosecuted, how many people are getting incarcerated. And that's that to me is, is one of my uh, main reasons for for supporting Alma. That we're sick and tired of seeing all these people getting arrested. In fact, um, about there's a still under Prop 215, and even people with medical defenses, there's still uh, a good 11,000 felony arrests every year in California. Mm. That's going to come way down. We've seen that come way down in the other states that have legalized it. It's going to happen here too. Lauren Vasquez, uh, when I first met you, you were uh, working with local normal chapters. You'd done a lot of work with SSDP, and you may be aware of the fact that sometimes 18, 19, and 20-year-olds like to smoke pot. What does Alma do for people who are of voting age but not yet of weed age? That's a good question. You know, it, uh, it doesn't make changes for them on some of these penalties. They stay the same. Uh, they're, they're adults, 18 to 20-year-olds. It's a transition period. Uh, and uh, we have to address the the reality that alcohol is 21 and over, and so marijuana is also expected to be 21 and over. Um, now, in California, uh, smoking tobacco smoking is 21 and over in California now too, right? They they have made some uh, headway that direction in some of the cities, and they're looking at doing that. I believe at the the state level as well. So. Yeah, they did that. So uh, that's kind of the expectation at the age of 21. And under 18, we've removed the threat of jail. It's uh, community service and drug education. There's no, um, you know, going to jail for minors at all. 
so you get that 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 chance to uh, have come out with a clean record. But once you're 18, you got to take that responsibility. And uh, so the penalties are going to uh, remain the same for those folks. Actually, when she says remain the same, though, what she means is that they get the benefit of all the downgrades that people over uh, 21 would get as well. And that the things that are illegal for people who are over 21 are going to be uh, infractions for them. So when she says stay the same, she doesn't mean the same as they are now. She means the same as they are for adults. So for, for current, for example, currently for people 18 to 20 who are growing up to six plants, that's a, that's a felony with 16 months or two to three years in, in jail. It will become a $100 ticket infraction. So they're, they're going to get some of that, some great benefit from, from that downgrading of, of the penalties. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, now look, well. looking back to our, our last campaign in California in 2010, when you look at that county-by-county county map of who was against it, we see the Emerald Triangle, the, the Trinity, Mendocino, and uh, Humboldt counties. Long, legendary, uh, old-school, multi-generational growers up there were against Prop 19. Uh, what sort of outreach is the campaign doing to try to convince the, the grow regions of California that didn't support Prop 19 to support ALMA? Well, one of the things that's quite uh, different, though, is that under the, during the Prop 19 campaign, once it made the ballot, the federal government came in uh, and threatened to arrest everyone. They did flyovers all over the state, and, and the federal government made a major show of force up in that area, and, and a lot of people felt like if Prop 19 passed, the Fed said they were basically going to invade Northern California. Now, right now, we've already had four of the states legalized, so that same kind of threat doesn't exist anymore. But the other thing is that we're finding actually quite a lot of support up there uh, for people who are interested in becoming above board. You know, there's people who say, like, they're happy with, you know, being outlaws, and, and they, they're happy being outlaws. But we talked to a lot of people who they're interested in that micro-business license. They want to start a small grow. They want like to have a job as a bud vendor. They want to open a bud and breakfast where people can smoke on site. So a lot of people see this as really a step forward. And, and Mendocino and uh, Humboldt County are two examples of counties that are already planning the next step after Alicastis. Wow, let's look uh, bigger picture, you know, national picture here. Uh, looking at California's uh, potential marijuana market, what I've read is that the current marijuana market, the legal states so far, is a billion-dollar market. They say California is a $12 billion market. So do you think that, I mean, the, speak to the, the national implications of the passage or the rejection of this act. Well, if it passes, this is going to be a big boost, a big, a big moment of empowerment for for the movement in across the United States and in other countries. I, I know people who are waiting for California to pass this, so they say, if California passes it, we're next. We're gonna we're gonna do it. If California doesn't pass it, it's going to be a big stall and possibly a setback to to the movement. That, that the message that, well, maybe we're not ready for legalization yet, maybe it's too dangerous, marijuana is too dangerous, we shouldn't uh, and allow adults to be using it, and and we need a, you know, whatever. It, it, it's such a regulated um, initiative that they can't use that, that excuse. So if, it, if it's losing, it, it, it's going to be a big step back. If it wins... California is the biggest state in the United States. It's going to send a big message heard around the world. 
And, and I think it's going to empower other countries like Canada and Mexico first and then possibly other countries as well to move forward. If, if, if the United States, with such a big chunk of our population here in California, saying yes to legalization, then it's going to impel the United States also to to make some more changes on the national level, especially since the, the federal government will um, respect this vote because it, it's written in compliance with the Cole Memo, and uh, and so that that should be um, a good reason to to keep moving forward. Right. Yeah, and you know another thing I think, Russ, is that we kind of capitalizes on the Bernie Sanders energy that's getting young people to the polls. Uh, marijuana legalization will hopefully get young people to the polls too. If they, I don't know whether they're going to succeed with Bernie Sanders or not, but if we can succeed and have a younger generation of people see that going to the polls and voting actually makes a huge difference, that's going to encourage young people to become invested as voters. And one of our big problems today is that the art of voting is dying off as the older generations go by. So this is the very kind of thing that we think is going to be essential towards getting young people back to voting and seeing the power of what they do when they walk into that voting booth. And Lauren, your thoughts? Well, I think we're just talking about a paradigm shift. And, you know, when, when we take marijuana out of the criminal prohibitions, it, it, uh, it changes the way we think about ourselves and changes the way that we answer the question, you know, do you smoke cannabis? And right now in California, if you answer yes, you're a criminal, even if you have a medical exception. And we can we can change it so that if you answer yes to that question, there's nothing to be ashamed of, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, your parents and your family can't I smelled some marijuana smoking Vietnam! Family. Sorry to have to cut you off, but we just heard our uh, our 20 after whistle that tells us we have to get to our union mandated safety briefing. If you can hold on just a little longer, we'll come back to the next segment and wind it all up. Is that cool? All right. Hold on. We'll be right back after this safety briefing. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I said, on this program, what do they want? 
my grandchildren, and the monster. <gasps> Did I scare you? Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks, and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a stuff. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a trio of great guests in California marijuana law reform. Lauren Vasquez, Mickey Norris, and Chris Conrad are on the line. Welcome back, you guys. Thanks for holding for us. All right, so let's get to a discussion of this act because a lot of people out there are still a little nervous about it, still a little worried about it. Uh, We've got uh, 10 more minutes here that we can talk about this act. What are some of the scares that... I haven't brought up yet that you've heard and how can we debunk them? The, well, let's see the scares that you haven't debunked, but I would say that uh, there's kind of one attorney who is putting out a lot of bad information and she is the source of almost every rumor that we've heard. Uh, this is not a uh, financial scam by anybody to take over the marijuana market. It's an opening up of the market. There are no new felonies in uh, this. In fact, uh, the, the sample that has been cited is actually in the current law. That's the way that they make that claim. There is uh, – people are more not – people are not going to get arrested when it's legal. For some reason, people are afraid that that's happening. Uh, it does not threaten medical marijuana at all. In fact, it reinforces it. It protects it five times and expands the medical marijuana four times here in California. It does the opposite of what those people say. Um, let's see, I'm not sure what other major <laughs> there are out there. There's so many. Oh, it's not Monsanto. It's not, uh, uh Sean Parker is not planning on getting uh, all the money out of this whole thing. There's not a board that can take all the money. It's very carefully regulated. The tax distribution is a claim that it's, the un, that they can't cap the taxes, which is not true. There's a claim that, that the board can spend the money any way it wants. That is not true. It has to be spent on specific things like environmental protection, uh, helping our communities been harmed by the drug war, scientific research. So those kind of things. Nikki, you uh, yeah, and kids will not be going to jail for pot. That's one thing we've heard as well, which is ridiculous. They will just get uh, for their youthful indiscretions. They will get. Uh, drug counseling or education and community service at a, at a graduating scale that they keep reoffending. But they're also going to be looking into ways of keeping kids in schools instead of expelling them. And I think that's a really important thing to not derail kids from, from their futures, which the current drug war is doing. And they won't come out with a criminal record. So that those are some of the myths that, that we've heard. Yeah, for the past couple of weeks or so. <laughs> I'll bet. Uh, basically. And, and personally, on a personal note, we're not getting paid to say anything that we're saying. These are our long-time uh, personal 
you know, opinions and and from our personal experience and what we've learned from the political process of our 27 years in this movement, we feel like this is the time is right to make this, this change, to support this initiative and, and get it legalized in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I guess that's one thing that I would, if I can go to the personal thing, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Mickey and I have gotten a grant from Drug Policy Action because they agree with what we believe about this. And so we are... Our agreement with them is that we will speak the truth and we will give our opinions yes. as we hold them. Uh, and it, because of, of uh, this uh, relationship we have with them is because, in part, because they're a really great organization. DPA has been involved in, was involved in Prop 215. It's been involved in all these reforms all over the country. And so there's people who are like naysaying about how, how bad this, these groups are, MPP. You know, we are, are um, I think it speaks something highly for the campaign itself that they have done outreach to us. They asked for input about what we thought should be changed, and they did not give us all the changes that we sought, but they did give us at least a dozen things where they made very uh, evident improvements to the law after they communicated with us. Some people would not talk to them. It's not our fault that the people who would not talk to them did not get heard. We did talk, and and then I think Lauren Vasquez here working with the campaign also speaks really highly for it because uh, just as Mickey and I have our 30 years experience, Lauren, you go back quite a long ways too, um, and and she's actually working directly with the campaign, whereas Mickey and I just have a support grant. Oh, I'm lucky enough to work with Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad, uh, doing all of this outreach, just trying to spread the word, and um, you know, just correct some of the misinformation. Because this is an initiative that's going to do good things. It's going to set up an industry that's much more um, effective and efficient than Colorado or Washington or any of those other states. And uh, we're the the largest state in the nation. We have to lead, and we have the largest prison industrial complex of any state. So this this is a major step in, in the right direction. And for those of us who've been doing this work for so long, we know it's not the end. It isn't even the beginning of the end. <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do, but this is a really big step, and it's really important that, that we make this pass on Election Day. And, it, and it's hurtful when people spread lies about us and when they're trolling us and trying to harm our reputation and calling us names. But nonetheless, you know, we've been fighting against the federal government. Their whole, the drug war is based on lies. That's what's exactly going down right now. There are people telling lies about us, telling lies about the initiative, telling lies about what the political reality is. Uh, this is the way the prohibitionists win. And this is there's no accident that law enforcement is throwing his money very hard into stopping Alma and also people who have the financial interest in the current gray market uh, are also seem to be very entrenched in it. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that there's a middle group of people who have sincere concerns and that they're able to stir up some uh, dissatisfaction, which was in fact going to be the best marijuana legalization law in the country once we pass it this November. Everything we dream about we can attain, but first we have to legalize marijuana, and that is the bottom line. There's there, there's a portion of Alma, if I'm not mistaken, that, that gives the legislature uh, some ability to be able to tweak it after it's passed, unlike typical initiatives. Is that true? Yes, and in fact... Um there's money from the, the tax revenue that, that's going to be designated for universities to study the implementation of ALMA and offer recommendations on how it can be more effective in order to be a more reasonable regulation in terms of um, the tax structure, if that's working or not, if, if the illicit market is still being maintained under ALMA, how can we tweak it to 
to make it more fair and open so that we don't need an illicit market anymore. What about the uh, issue of cannabis and driving? I know Washington State has a, a nanogram limit and Colorado put one up, but then Oregon and Alaska didn't follow that. I don't think Alma's got anything like that, but are you? is there a study for cannabis and driving? Well, right now there's a, an attempt to get a bill to the legislature that your California listeners need to know about where they're trying to install a per se limit before Alma goes into effect in order to do what... Alma does not do. Alma does not allow for a per se limit. It calls for research and then a uniform way of detecting impaired driving involving marijuana or any other cause for, you know, such as safe cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this was going with a uniform policy of how to treat impairment, mm-hmm. not a uh, not a chemical assay. But so I think the legislature is trying to get that in there first. So people should really, be, we should be trying to fight with stuff at the legislative level right now, not Alma. All right. Well, we've got to wind up this segment. Let me give you each a chance for some final words and uh, give them, you know, whatever contact info or websites they also need to know and maybe also how to register to vote. Ooh, you can register to vote online in California. Go to the Secretary of State's website. I'm sure you can just Google register to vote California. I believe you have until Monday to get that in. Yes, May 23rd. Uh, the last day to register to vote, at least for the primary here in California. So get on that. Um, and please check out uh, on the website, let's get it right, ca.org, and follow us online at the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. And Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad have the lease online, the website for that. Well, yeah, I w- I'll let Mickey do the final comment. But, but what I would say is this. This new book has come out called The Newbie's Guide to Cannabis and the Industry. It's a great, great eye-opener for everybody about the potential, the lies in the future world of cannabis as a legal and free substance and as a regulated industry, etc. But in order for that to happen, it's very important that people pass an initiative to make it legal. Why should the states of Colorado and Washington and Oregon and Alaska have all these advantages? Well, California is the state that basically started this whole thing. In 72, with our initiative starting up now, we came the closest uh, until Colorado actually did it. You know, we've got this great record, the best growers, if you don't mind my saying, but the biggest market, <laughs> all the greatest opportunities. It's pretty open. Uh, and so we have to pass, once we pass this initiative, even before that, you should get this book and read it. The newbie's guide. And I just, I just like to add, it's it's time for cannabis consumers to come out of the closet, to stand up for legal rights, to vote for for the Adult Use of Marijuana Act in November because that is going to open up our our legal stand. Giving us legal standing is going to change our status in society. This level of social acceptance is going to be a new thing, a new freedom a new burden lifted off of our, our shoulders of prohibition that we've been carrying around our, our whole lives because it's been going on in California for 103 years already. It's time to stop prohibition of marijuana. We need to stop. This is going to help end the drug war in general. If we, if we take marijuana out of the mix, it's going to, to stop shattering so many people's lives, and we need to, to do that. Now, in 2016, we can't wait any longer, and we shouldn't wait any longer. Legalize it this year in California. Let's do it. That's right, Alma. 
That's right. It's let's get it right ca.org online at let's get it right on Twitter. And you can follow our guests. Lauren Vasquez is at fired up lawyer on Twitter. Mickey Norris is at Mickey Norris, M I K K I Norris, N O R R I S. And at Chris Conrad. At Chris Conrad. I think I got yes, them all right. I, I was, yes, Chris, ChrisConrad.com, Alma, A-U-M-A, 2016.com has a lot of, of the information that we've been generating. If they want to see the penalty charts, if they want the initiative language, if they want to get some FAQs about the initiative and even see a PowerPoint that lays out the whole structure of the initiative, they can find that there at alma 2016 com and one more, which is legalizeca2016.com. That's a whole other level of, of social justice information put out by, by the Drug Policy Action. All right. I think we've got it hey, all. listen to the Russ Bowser show. Yeah, keep listening here. We'll keep telling you all about the Adult Use of Marijuana Act because prohibition or legalization always trumps prohibition. Even if you're legalizing just a gram, it makes a huge difference. Chris and Mickey and Lauren, thanks so much for this extended discussion. I think we debunked a whole lot of the uh, misconceptions, and uh, hopefully we swung some votes your way. Anytime you got more misconceptions or more information, just call us right back. Will do. All right, folks, stay tuned. We're going to take you back to Washington, D.C., the protest in front of the White House for Weed for Warriors and Harry J. Anslinger's 142nd birthday. Kind of a weird thing to celebrate, I guess. But my speech is coming up next and my talk with the folks at Russia Today. So stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Keith Strop, the founder of Normal, is here. The single most important victory will be California. We've got Steve D'Angelo. Well, the state of cannabis affairs in California is in flux. The guru of ganja, Ed Rosenthal. It's uh, better for people to be using concentrates. Weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. As it relates to my brother, there's one thing I know for sure. He kept us safe. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody. It's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. 
remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. 38 after the hour here in Washington, D.C. I'm staying at the Hotel Lombardi, which is perfect for a Packers fan. (laughs) Earlier today, I was down in front of the White House where earlier today, (laughs) before the earlier today, there was a shooting. There was big news, a uh, uh, big shooting in front of the White House. I, I don't know if it was a shooter shooting at the White House or someone got shot in front of the White House. I didn't get all the details, but Washington, D.C., kind of uh, under a, uh, a big security blanket, at least the area around the White House, uh, shut down Pennsylvania Avenue and Lafayette Park. And police taped the whole thing, had cops there and dogs and automatic weapons and snipers on the roof. It was pretty tense, but the protest went on somewhat as planned. It was protested today for Harry Anslinger's 142nd birthday. Uh, and we're kind of commemorating that ignoble day by noting, uh, his legacy of prohibition needs to end. And we did so in front of the white house, calling on president Obama to deschedule marijuana, Bunch of great activists there. N.A. Poe, Chris Goldstein was there, and Adam Eidinger from the DCMJ. And uh, after Dana Beal spoke, uh, Adam motioned to me and asked if I'd like to speak. And well, you know me, I never met a microphone I didn't like. So here it is. Or President Trump is about zero. And I know if we get Gary Johnson. You know, wind up uh, Dana Beal's speech here. He's a libertarian. So anyway, I'm going to give this back. There are many, many more stories. Tomorrow night in New York City, I'm doing my history of marijuana and the movement to end, the rise of the movement to end the drug war at the Left Forum at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York. Now back to our previously scheduled Master of Ceremonies, Adam Eidman. Thank you, Dana. I came all the way from New York City to speak to you today. Thank you. Uh, Russ, you want to come up? You're closer to six. Okay. And other speakers, if you're planning on uh, uh, speaking today, come on up and hang out around this area and we'll get you queued up. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Washington, D.C. My name is Radical Russ Belville. I'm with CannabisRadio.com. I'm here from beautiful, legal Portland, Oregon. 503 in the house? Good to hear it. So we legalized marijuana in Oregon. Not just the growing gear you got in Washington, D.C. We actually have stores. When I run out of weed, I go down to the weed store on 24th. And if I don't like the selection and prices there, I walk four blocks to the one on 28th. Or the one on 33rd, or the one on 42nd, or the one on 60th, or the one on 88th, or the one on 102nd. And guess what? Even with all those dispensaries and all those legal pot smokers, the trains still run on time, people still go to work, kids still go to school, parents raise their kids. Nothing has changed except one thing. Tax revenue. Tax revenue. My man's reading my mind. In the first month, we raised $5 million in tax revenue in Oregon. The state of Colorado has already raised $100 million in recreational taxes, $32 million in medical taxes just last year. 
$1.5 million of that tax money is going in Pueblo County, Colorado to directly help the homeless. There's another campaign where it's gotten 25 $1,000 grants to disadvantaged Hispanic kids that want to go to college. Marijuana money is funding people's dreams now. I'm so proud of everyone here that's here to show up, to protest, to stand up for our rights. Because America, this is our hemp heritage. Hemp was first planted in this country in 1611. Its medical uses were popularized by Dr. O'Shaughnessy in this country by the 1850s. By 1853, the New York Times was writing about the vogue of hashish parlors. By the 1900s, Louis Armstrong, Cab Calloway, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, they were all singing about the jive, the muggles, the reefer, the tea, otherwise known as marijuana. This is our heritage, and it's been stolen from us, beginning with... The man whose birth date is today, Harry J. Anslinger. A man who was the commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics from 1937 to 1962. From FDR to JFK. A man who was a disgusting and shameless racist. I could go over the quotes, but I'm not going to look up Harry J. Anslinger racist. You'll find plenty of them. And that was the foundation. Oh, he's got some right there. That was the foundation of our drug war. That was continued under Richard Nixon. Most recently, in Harper's Magazine, it was revealed a quote from John Ehrlichman, one of Nixon's advisors, who said, basically, I paraphrase, I don't have it memorized, we knew the war on drugs was BS, but we made it illegal because we wanted to infiltrate the black power movement and the hippie left movement, the anti-war movement. We knew we couldn't criminalize them for being long-haired or being black, but we could criminalize them for marijuana. And we could infiltrate their groups, we could break up their leadership, and we could destroy their movements. This has always been about control. Now... To the point of us being here at the White House. President Obama is one of us. He was a member of what was called the Choom Gang in high school in Hawaii. To Choom means to smoke marijuana. In fact, of his group of tokers, President Obama was the king toker. He was the man. He used to do what was called TA, total absorption hits. When they were in the VW bus smoking weed and the smoke would collect at the roof, Obama would put his face to the roof and suck down the hit. That's how much of a stoner our current president is. So for this man to sit in the White House and ignore the deaths of veterans, to ignore the suffering of medical marijuana patients, to ignore the disproportionately young, black, and Latino people whose lives are ruined on a daily basis to the tune of 700000 a year is a disgrace. And when they tell me that, oh, we don't, wait, you know, that we don't really care about the little guy, we go after the big kingpin. There's my friend right there, Chris Goldstein. He's one of the kingpins. Smoked a joint at the Liberty Bell, so he got two years of probation and a $3,000 fine from our federal government for protesting at the Liberty Bell. Freedom! N.A. Poe also standing here, also a freedom fighter who stood up for our rights and got taken down by the man. And now today, here we are, openly smoking weed right in front of the White House. Thanks, guys. We're winning. Thanks to you. So, President Obama, one last word. You know this is not a drug that belongs on the same scale as heroin, LSD, and PCP. 
Neither does it belong in Schedule 2 with cocaine, methamphetamine, and Oxycontin. Neither does it belong in Schedule 3 with Valium and Ambien and anabolic steroids. It doesn't belong on the schedule at all. D, schedule marijuana. And President Obama, don't give us this line we've heard from you for the past eight years of, oh, well, gee, if Congress, if Congress, maybe if Congress, if Congress, you and I both know that's BS. The Controlled Substances Act of 1971 vests in the President and the Attorney General the authority on signature alone to instigate the rescheduling or descheduling of any drug on the Controlled Substances Act. Stop passing the buck, Mr. President. Help our vets. Help our patients. Free our people. Free the weed. Thank you, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Hey, let's go. How's it go? Good, good, man. Yeah, please. Let's uh, go over that away. Here, take that. Yeah, man. Let me get a card, too. Um, I missed this wonderful story you were just telling. Uh, thank you. Cannabis Radio. Yes. Sounds, sounds exciting. There you go. There's for the spelling. Uh, Russ Belleville. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's your name? Yeah, that's me. Nice to meet you. I'm with the Roughly Video Agency. Yes, yes. Um, so, what are the advantages of uh, legalizing marijuana? The advantages of legalizing marijuana, number one, is that we begin to reap the tax revenues and bring a completely underground economy above ground. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I do this for a living. I've traveled to all the legal states. In all of those states, unemployment is down, tax revenues are up, jobs are being created, and really nobody who wasn't smoking pot before uh, is now smoking pot, except for one demographic, people over the age of 50. Surprisingly, it's not the teenagers, it's not the kids, it's the older baby boomers coming back to marijuana after all these years that is fueling a lot of this boom. So you were saying that President Obama was smoking himself. This, I haven't yes, heard this in, in President Obama's memoirs, uh, a book called Dreams from My Father, he discusses his time as a teenager growing up in Hawaii, where he not only used marijuana, but also used cocaine. This is, this is not telling tales out of school, he admits it in his book. And I was telling the tale of how uh, during his high school years, he was in what was called the Choom Gang, C-H-O-O-M. To Choom was a Hawaiian slang term for to smoke pot. And of the Choom Gang, he was the King Choomer. He actually uh, used to take what were called TA hits. That stands for total absorption. And what it meant was when all the tokers were in the VW van, hotboxing the van, he would put his face to the roof and suck the hits off the roof. That's how intense a marijuana consumer President Obama was. So what's the problem now with legalizing it here? The problem with legalizing it is there's a whole lot of money to be made in keeping it illegal. First of all, police. Police do not want this to change for a couple of reasons. Number one, marijuana is the key that unlocks the Fourth Amendment. When they have somebody they think's up to no good, if they don't have a probable cause to deal with that person, they can always claim they smell marijuana, and then they can begin the investigations and the searches that lead to the other crimes. The other reason is money. Police agencies all across the United States get federal grants specifically for fighting the drug war, and some of those are specifically earmarked for fighting marijuana. So, if you legalize marijuana, those grants dry up, as we've seen in Washington and Colorado already. There's also civil asset forfeiture. When cops catch someone with weed or a whole lot of money, they can take the money, take the car. Those prop pieces of property are guilty until proven innocent. The person has to prove they're not drug proceeds in order to get their stuff back. 
So there's a lot of profit in police agencies, private prisons that require uh, the prisons to be full. They, they need more prisoners. Drug rehabs, drug testing agencies, big pharmaceutical companies that don't want to have to compete with a natural substance people can grow for themselves, the alcohol, liquor industry that don't want a competitive product. There's just a lot of money in keeping it illegal. So it's a huge industry here, right? A lot of interest. So what's the way to push it through? What, what, is, there a, is there an option? The, the option is to continue to resist these laws at the state and local level. Uh, America had alcohol prohibition from 1919 to 1937, or to 1933, excuse me. And when it unraveled, it wasn't because the federal government made it legal. It's because states like New York and Washington decided to stop obeying that law. Similarly, with marijuana prohibition, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska so far have decided to not obey this law. Coming in the 2016 election, we've got California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, Maine that may all legalize. As more and more states fall and as the uh, opinion polls continue to rise for legalization, the federal government will have no choice but to heed the will of the people. What Oregon has that other states don't, don't have to make it legal, why they succeed? What was the... What, what usually happens is the states that have a greater concentration of cannabis consumers are the ones that are more likely to legalize. There's more natural support because people have skin in the game, so to speak. Uh, partially also is the fact that the West Coast tends to be far more liberal on the political spectrum, so it's less of a uh, social, moral issue than it is to say someone in Kentucky or Texas. Uh, so Oregon, Washington, California, those states were really quick to adopt these things. Well, thank you so much. That was really interesting. Thank you. Appreciate your time. More of my experience today, just less than an hour and a half ago in front of the White House, where protesters where the protesters are all gathered, probably still gathered in front of uh, the White House. A die-in for Weed for Warriors is happening, and the protest to deschedule now also happening. We're going to take a break and get this studio cleaned up because guess who's coming next live here on CannabisRadio.com. That's right. Stoner Jesus. Stoner Jesus coming up for your live Friday night entertainment. The greatest podcast ever created. We'll be right back. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs.
You can find Radical Russ online everywhere. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Boise State University's 2400 baud modem bulletin board system from 1985. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. (laughs) This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Just winding things up here before Stoner Jesus takes over. That comes up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday live here at 8 p.m. Pacific. Or 8 p.m. Eastern, excuse me, 5 p.m. Pacific. What time zone am I in again? Oh, yeah. I'm in Eastern time. <sighs> I tell you, sometimes the jet lag, folks, it uh, it'll do a number on you. You go from the East Coast to Alaska. It was weird, right? So East Coast, and then to Alaska, where it's daylight, twenty hours a day, and sunny and bright. And then I go back to Portland, and it's gray and rainy and, <laughs> and dark. Then I come back out here to Washington, and it's sunny again, and three hours later, and <laughs> I just, I'm amazed I can even put a show on. But uh, I want to thank you guys, uh, especially you longtime regular listeners, for listening to the show. I, I've, you know, I really appreciate it, and it's been, you know, this past couple of months, two, three months have been really difficult for me and having the show to do has taken my mind off of a lot of things and it helps me to focus and, and to realize, you know, not get all trapped in my own, you know, miasma of whatever's going on here and, and to recognize that this is important. What we're doing here is important. Talking to you guys every day and just to know that we're a community, and I know a lot of you listening to me are in places where you could only dream of smoking weed so openly. I was out in front of the freaking White House smoking a joint with at least 10, 11 cops with automatic weapons on them who could see us smoking these joints. Just openly, broad daylight, cars passing, tourists walking by, and clouds of marijuana smoke just coming up from H Street. And to think that, like, because I was a little worried, you know, because I flew here to Washington and I don't fly with weed anymore. Too too high profile, too much stress, don't want to deal with it. But I didn't have any weed when I got here. And I'm like, I could really use some weed. <laughs> so I heard this protest was going down. I thought, oh, could probably probably smoke some weed at this protest. And, of course, N.A. Poe, Chris Goldstein there, I got to smoke some weed down at the protest. Who'd have thought... In my wildest imagination, 10 years ago when I was starting in marijuana reform, that someday my weed hookup would be in broad daylight in front of the White House in front of 10 armed cops. (laughs) We are winning, folks. It's such a joy to be a part of this, and it's my pleasure and honor and privilege to be bringing you a little two-hour slice of it every day. For those of you living in Iowa and Georgia and, and... 
all sorts of places. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. And of course, my friends in Idaho, I know how you're suffering. We'll be here for you next week. Until next time, take care of each other, Tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Good day, everybody. Radical Russ here in Aspen, Colorado at the Alaska Northwest Cannabis Classic at the 26th Annual Boston Freedom Rally at the High Top.